Do you love science fiction and fantasy books? You found yourself in the right dimension. Welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse, where each week I talk to science fiction and fantasy authors about myth, magic, and the infinite possibilities of storytelling. I am your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I will be taking you on a journey with some of your favorite authors, helping you to get to know them and possibly uncover some new literary gems along the way. Ready to explore? Because on this show, every conversation is a doorway into a different world. Well, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I am your host, Herman Stuernagel, and I just want to thank you so much for joining me here today. This is obviously my first episode, and it's going to be a great one. I had a lot of fun with the guest today. Um, But since this is the first episode, I thought I would just give you a little bit of detail about what the episode is, uh, what the show is, and where we go from here. So I started this podcast because I wanted to interview other authors. Authors need a chance to gain an audience for themselves and really showcase their work. There are different avenues for them to do this, but I really wanted to give them an opportunity to find their readers and expose their books to a new audience. But I also wanted to give readers a chance to get to know the authors behind their books. Hopefully, I'll bring you some of your favorites, and hopefully you'll be able to find new authors that you maybe didn't hear of before. Um, So I had the idea to create this podcast recently, and I just wanted to keep it focused on science fiction and fantasy, because those are the the genres that I read, those are the genres that I write, and those are the authors that I wanted to connect to. So I really wanted to meet other authors, I really wanted to expand my network of authors that I know, and I love hearing behind the scenes of how they work, how they operate, where they get their story ideas. Uh, I love hearing about why they write the books that they do. That is really interesting to me. Um, And I thought, what a great opportunity to get to talk to people. And so far, it's been really fun. I've done a number of interviews already. I've recorded a number of these beforehand just to give myself a bit of a head start on the recording. Um, And I've had a great time so far. I've got a number of great authors coming your way. So this is what I'm calling season one of the podcast. Um, And I'm calling it season one mainly thematically. There's no set number of episodes that I have in mind for this season. But what I really want to do was to talk to different authors among a wide variety of subgenres of science fiction and fantasy. Um, So we're going to be talking to authors about epic fantasy, about space opera, about YA fantasy, sci-fi thrillers, YA YA sci-fi. There's so many different subgenres of science fiction and fantasy, and I just wanted to really narrow down onto each of these subgenres, talk to different authors from each of these niches, maybe introduce you to some subgenres you're not familiar with, and maybe you'll learn some new things about the subgenres that are your favorites. And of course, different authors bring different perspectives to each of these subgenres as well. So there will be some repeats. Um, so if you're a big urban fantasy fan, don't think that this is the last time you're going to hear from an urban fantasy author because I'm sure there'll be more. And if you've stumbled onto this podcast, you may not know who I am. Um, my name is Herman Stuernagel. I am a science fiction author, but I'm also a lover of both science fiction and fantasy books. Um, so. 
I've got seven books published, two more scheduled to come out this year. Um, and we're going to talk more about those and my works as the se seasons go on. Um, I don't want to front load these episodes with too much information about me because these podca this podcast is really about the authors and my guests um, who I'm going to bring to you each week. Um, I will be giving you a bit of a weekly update going forward. Um, this intro is going to be a little bit longer than my normal intros just because it is a brand new show. Um, so I did not want to get into that right now. But next week, I'll let you know what I'm working on. And I will let you know what is coming up in the world of Herman Stuart Nagel. Um, so if you have come across this, this is episode one. So please like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. It will be, mean the world to this podcast in getting it discovered. You can also find me on Instagram at greatest podcast in the multiverse. I'm the same handle on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find my website, greatestpodcastinthemultiverse.com, and all of my links to my socials will be there. And if you'd like to get on the ground level and get early access to episodes, you can also sign up for my Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And on Patreon, you can find me at patreon.com slash thegreatestpodcastinthemultiverse.com. But enough about me. Let's talk about my first guest. I am really excited to have had the privilege of welcoming S.W. Miller onto the show. Shane is a friend of mine from various writing groups that we've been in. Um, he's really encouraged me and he's re I've really followed his works. Um, he does a lot of craft advice. So I've gotten to know him um, over the last couple of years, as you'll hear at the beginning of the show. He's an urban fantasy writer. And as I mentioned, he is also a story coach. Um, his first book is called The Witch's Revenge, which I actually have a copy here. Um, we talk about this in the interview, and it really is a good book. You'll hear him talk about how, um, since it was his first book, he missed some of the urban fantasy tropes that he wished he, he would have hit. Um, and, and that's probably true if you're a huge urban fantasy fan and, and you're a fan of the tropes that he mentions that he, he feels like he didn't hit the target on. Um, that being said, it's a it is a really good book. I quite enjoyed it. Definitely take the time to read it if you like urban fantasy, if you like magic, if you're a fan of uh, fantasy works at all. Um, so as well in the podcast, he mentioned that he has an upcoming book called Blood Cell. Um, just knowing Shane a little bit, I know that he has bumped that book in production. I know he's still going to come out with it. But I think his next book is going to be called Witch Hunt. So just keep that in mind. I don't have a release date yet for that. But once that book is out, I will have to have him back on the show and um, in order to interview him for that. So I will also say this is my first podcast and this is well outside of my comfort zone. Starting a podcast is not something I ever dreamed I would be doing. Um, so especially in this first episode and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to tell a lot more. I'm, I'm a little nervous, um, but I still think it was a great interview. Shane had some incredible things to say. And I am so excited to be able to bring this interview to you. So let's get to it. So Shane Miller writes urban fantasy under the name S.W. Miller and craft guides for authors. He's also the host of the Write Better Fiction podcast, a co-host of the Storytellers Faceoff podcast, and a developmental editor. Shane holds a BA in journalism and is a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors. He lives in Buckinghamshire, England. 
He has taken too many writing courses to count and enjoys reading as much as possible. Shane is obsessed with five things, the writing craft, mythology, personal development, food, and martial art movies. I'm really excited to have Shane as a guest here, so let's get to the interview. So welcome to the greatest podcast in the multiverse. I am super excited today. I have a good friend of mine, Shane Miller, here um, to talk about his writing journey and all about his work in urban fantasy. I've known Shane for a couple of years, and he has a number of books under his belt. Um, so I'm excited to talk to him today and see what he has to say. So welcome, Shane. Thank you for having me. So Shane, um, can you tell us a little bit about your writing journey and what brought you to this point in your author career? Yeah, sure. So my writing journey isn't a typical one. I'm not a writer who was born with a pen in my hand and all that stuff you hear on these interviews. Um, I didn't actually read a lot until I was in my mid-teens. And I found the Harry Dresden series by Jim Butcher. And I read those books and I just, I devoured the entire thing. Um, I think then there was about eight books in the series in a couple of weeks. And yeah, I just knew, I knew after reading those books that that's what I wanted to do. So I did what every newbie writer does. I sat down and I thought, I can do this. This is easy. Um, I wrote a very bad novel uh, that will never see the light of day in the form that it was actually written in in the first place and then again I did what all sensible writers do I stuck that novel in a drawer I finished university (laughs) fell into a corporate job and stayed in that corporate job for the best part of a decade Um, when I was moving house I found that old manuscript and it's honestly the worst thing you'll ever read from anyone it's it's really bad Uh, but I thought I I kind of recaptured that love of writing and I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I spent the next couple of years actually learning writing craft as opposed to just thinking what I was doing. Uh, So read all the books, (laughs) took loads of courses, all that stuff, and spent a couple of years writing my first novel. Um, Published that in 2022. That's The Witch's Revenge. And then after that, it became a lot easier to publish and I've published four novels now in the urban fantasy space. So yeah, that's that's how I arrived yeah, here. Well, so not incredible. the typical journey. Yeah. So I mean, but to go from you know no in, almost no interest in writing to you know the uh, creating four novels in one year that is uh, quite the quite the shift in gears for you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so what what brought you what what brought you back at that point after taking a break from that from that first novel that's still still collecting dust in your drawer? What brought you back to uh, to the process? Yeah, I think I was hugely dissatisfied in my day job, which is something you'll hear from writers a lot. We're all very dissatisfied in our day jobs. Usually, I'm not. I don't want to like cast a blanket <laughs> aspersion, but generally speaking, uh, we are. And I was looking for something that I was still passionate about, that I that really wanted, you know, I wanted to get up and do that thing in the morning. Uh, if I hadn't found that old manuscript, I don't know what I would be doing now. Probably, I hopefully wouldn't be in right. that corporate job anymore either way. But yeah, finding that manuscript, I read it and I could see kind of the seeds of a story, however bad a writer I was at that time. And yeah, I just, I think I just fell back in love with the process. I discovered... Um, self-publishing for the first time. I mean, it it was around when I was at university writing that 
um, piece, but it wasn't talked about. And if it was, it was in very kind of disparaging, um, you know, all self-published books are rubbish type talk. And yeah, I discovered people like Joanna Penn, Mark Dawson, all those kind of doyens of self-publishing. And not right. I knew then that not only could I write, but I could actually make a career out of writing. So I think that that was part of what brought me back to it. That's fantastic. So now when you, you know, when you're looking at your craft now, um, you're, you're not in your day job anymore. When you're looking at the what, you know, the why behind your storytelling now, what, uh, what kind of, what's driving you at this point to, <laughs> to get those words down? That is interesting. It's something I'm actually not struggling with, but something I'm working my way through at the moment. Cause I left my day job about six months ago. Okay. So it's a very recent change. Um, I think the motivation for me now is to actually scale my author business. So um, as well as being outside my day job, I do a little bit of freelance and stuff as well, just to keep the income topped up. I'd like to get to the stage where that is no longer necessary and I can just do the writing all, you know, all the time. Um, but for a kind of a deeper level why, I think my why has always been that I want to entertain people. And I think that's what drew me. I know we're going to talk about the genre that I write in a bit later, but I think that's what drew me to this particular genre because it's the first thing I read that really entertained me as a reader and captured me enough that I wanted to read an entire series of books. And if I can do that for somebody okay. else, then that that's my why. I want people to experience that same feeling of, oh, I'm totally in this. I'm just going to keep reading until I get to the end of the series. Particularly if they're not really a reader, that's even better. Yeah. Right, that's fantastic. Well, that's, I mean, like you said, that's what tipped you in the direction of, of writing as you found this series that you really enjoyed and, and crushed through and that that's what inspired you. So that makes sense if you want to do that for, for somebody yeah. else, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So what is your writing, what does your writing process look like? I know it's a little bit different for everybody, but how do you approach a manuscript when you're, when you've got this story idea, how do you bring that to life? Yes. I approach with fear. No, I'm kidding. I am. Um... I think like Fear I, <laughs> yeah basically but um when I first get the idea I like to sit with it for a bit I'm not I'm not a discovery writer so I can't just sit down and start writing I wish I could um but that's not how I do things usually the idea will start with a character I know some people start with plot some people start with setting but I usually get a character idea first for my main character then I will sit down and like brain dump everything I think I know about that idea. No structure, no form, just literally chuck it all out on the page, open a scrivener file, whatever. Once I've done that, I start looking at the characters first and I usually give each character a wound, a flaw, a want, a need and a uniqueness. And if people don't know what they are, a wound is something from the character's past that has injured them in some way. Their wound is the baggage that they... Sorry, their um, yeah, their wound is the baggage that they're carrying around as well, and then their want okay. is something external that they're pursuing in urban fantasy. That could be a magical object or the killer if somebody's died and they're trying to solve the mystery. I'll give them a need, which is something internal that they need to overcome, and I'll give them something that makes them unique. That could be a tattoo, a unique way of speaking, whatever it happens to be. Um. Because although I'm a plotter, I like to plot quickly. I don't like to spend too long in the outlining phase. Mm -hmm. So I find that if I give characters those five things, 
I've got enough to get started with. I don't need to fill out pages of questionnaires about where their teacher's third grade dog, what their name is and all that stuff. You see those ridiculous uh, (laughs) questionnaires online, which help some people, but (laughs) they're not very helpful (laughs) to me. So I start there. <laughs> all, that, all that information that never ends up on the page, right? So <laughs> Right. Even though you want it to, like we want, every, particularly as fantasy and sci-fi <laughs> authors, we do so much research and we want yes. to put it all in the book, but it just can't all end up in the book. That would be, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want a reader to read all my research notes particularly. Um, yeah, character. Right. And then I do uh, like a basic outline, um, key scenes, inciting incident, plot point one, midpoint plot point two climax just so i know that the story is not strong but like that i have a story at least and setting is my least favorite thing it's the thing i add in last so i never plan it out it usually goes in in the edit because i have a real problem with with setting so that's what my outlining process looks like in terms of drafting i use uh, writing sprints usually so I'll over hop online with a writer friend or set a timer if I'm writing solo and I'll just write for that set period of time short break back in start writing again I'm aware that doesn't work for everyone but it really works for me and it gets me into a writer's flow right um in terms of self-editing I usually give myself three passes I'll look at character plot and setting on the first pass I'll run it through pro writing aid on the second pass then I'll do a quick proofread and then goes off to my editor. So that's basically my writing process from start to finish. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I laughed when you said that you don't like to spend a lot of time in the outlining phase because I don't think you like to spend a lot of time in, in any phase. You, 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 I, know you cr- I, know, I know you a little bit. I know you like to crush the, crush the books pretty quickly. Um, so how do you how do you maintain the you know the cadence and the and the speed i know you've got a number of books planned for this upcoming year mm. um how does how does that look you know kind of your your day-to-day process in in maintaining the kind of the speed that you're that you look for when you're producing a book yeah and that can be hard and i do just want to say speed is relative i don't want anyone listening to this or what i'm about yes. to say to yes, think, oh, i have to write this fast <laughs> i have to write this fast uh, this is what no, works for not me. Not at all. Every, every, yeah, everyone's journey is different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of speed and how I sustain that, I will say that when I published my first four novels, I published them very fast. I did the rapid release one a month, you know, boom, boom, boom. That is not sustainable for me. I found that out. I, can't, I cannot <laughs> do the rapid release one a month type of thing. <laughs> Um, right, right. Having said that, I do have a lot of books planned for this year. Not one a month, but still a lot by most people's standards. Um, and I think in terms of how I manage that level of speed, time blocking really works for me. So in the like on a weekday, and it obviously helps that I'm not in my day job anymore, but on a weekday, I will set aside half the time I have to work on more of the business for writing and half the time for marketing because we don't want to forget the marketing either, of course. And then it really is, and this sounds so boring, but it really is about trying to stick to a writing routine. If you can find, like the timers work for me, the sprints with other writers work for me. And if you are someone who needs a lot of accountability, Mm -hmm. which I am, I'm quite, you know, I can get distracted really easily. Uh, If left to my own devices, I may or may not produce as fast as I should. But writing with other people for me has been a game changer because they need me to show up 
to do their side of the sprint and I need them to do mine. Just writing with one other person tends to work for me because then we're sort of accountable to each other. Um, I've said I will be there for them when they're writing, so I show up and I do the thing. So that can be really helpful if you're that way inclined. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's like have you know accountability partner with you know going to the gym or mm -hmm. or doing any sort of any sort of you know um, activity where you want to build that routine and and you know if you're externally motivated like that that you know you you want to show up because you don't want to let the other person down that I know that helps in a lot of situations. So that's, yeah, that's that's a great a great idea, a great way to do it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so how about Urban fantasy, the genre that you write in, um, you know, to be honest, before I started um, writing, it wasn't a term that I had ever heard before, although I was, you know, familiar with some, some of the, you know, sh probably the shows that were, are in the genre, um, but like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that sort of thing. It wasn't a term I was familiar with. So can you give us a little bit of an overview about what urban fantasy is and what sets it apart from other types of fantasy? Yeah, sure. So when I started, it wasn't a term I was familiar with either. Uh, however, I can give you an overview. So urban fantasy is uh, has to have some element of fantasy, which is usually magic or supernatural creatures. That's kind of self-evident in the title. Because it's urban, it will usually be set in a contemporary period and usually in a city. Um, the city is kind of a no, like a deal breaker because it is urban fantasy. Uh, the modern time period, not so much. I've seen urban fantasy that's set in Victorian London, and I've seen urban fantasy that's set in like dystopian um, San Francisco. So you can play around with the time period, but generally speaking, it's modern day contemporary city. Uh, the protagonist and characters in general are snarky by nature, usually. So there'll be a lot of humor, a lot of snark, a lot of banter between characters and the protagonist will usually be struggling with something to do with their power or magic. So um, the half demon, half witch is quite a popular trope in urban fantasy. And they're usually struggling with their demonic side because witches don't accept them. Demons don't accept them either. And they've got this power inside them that nobody else has. So that is quite a common um, trope in urban fantasy. And, it tends to deal with darker themes and have a kind of detective noir feel. It's sort of a mashup between thriller, uh, fantasy, crime, all of the genres that I actually love to read, which is probably why I like to write in that genre, because I get to do all those things at once. And okay. there would usually be some kind of mythology behind the story. So for my first series, for example, I used the King Arthur myth as the basis for the story, and I brought it into the modern day put some twists right. on it. Um, I've seen Norse urban fantasy retellings. There's a lot of Greek urban fantasy retellings at the moment, which is what my next series is going to be. And as well as that, the really key distinction between urban fantasy and paranormal romance, which is similar, is that in a paranormal romance, the romance is the main plot. Whereas in an urban fantasy, the romance, right. if there is one, is definitely subplot. Um, Amazon is polluted well, urban fantasy pollutes paranormal romance on Amazon and paranormal romance pollutes urban fantasy too. So that's a really key distinction between right, those two. Right. In terms of the difference between urban fantasy and other genres, if we're looking at something like epic fantasy, that's usually a secondary world. We're talking like um, 
the Sword of Shannara, Lord of the Rings, all of those types of things will be epic fantasy. They're epic in scale. Uh, they're usually not set in modern day, and they're usually not set on our Earth. So, yeah, that's basically a, a brief summary of what the genre is. Excellent. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, you talked about a, a, this a little bit in that explanation, but, you know, what particularly drew you to write in the urban fantasy genre? Yeah, I think, like I said, it's it is definitely, it's a genre that has everything in it that I love. It's got the snarky humour. It's got um, city setting. Like, I love things set in cities, generally speaking. It has magic, which, obviously, fantasy, massive fantasy fan in general, so magic is a must for me. Uh, it has the detective feel, so you can write mysteries and all that other stuff, but I wouldn't want to necessarily write a straight detective thriller because I'd get too bored, but the magic keeps me interested. Right. So it's one of these great kind of uh, something that's arisen, arisen kind of out of a cross genre type thing that has now become its own genre, which is fantastic. And also I think when I was younger, I used they're the types of TV shows I was drawn to. You mentioned Buffy at the start, loved Buffy, Supernatural, all of those types of shows. It's Yeah, I wouldn't, I couldn't see myself yeah. writing anything else over a sustained period. Um, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and I think I really think shows like like those ones, at least for um, you know probably people in our age bracket, at least that was probably our first introduction and and really chance to explore that <laughs> that yeah. you know type of genre because um, you know they really set the stage I think for for that. And I'm sure there I'm sure there were books and shows before those but that certainly was my my only experience with <laughs> with that genre right yeah me too um so t you talked a little bit about your myth and magic series i don't know if you want to discuss um that series or if you want to talk more about the series you're currently working on um but i'd love to hear more about your your books yeah sure so the myth and magic series um <laughs> to start with i know you've read them so thank you for that that's great uh, like I said, they're a, kind of a King Arthur retelling, um, but just set in the modern day urban fantasy world. So they're set in kind of a reimagined Oxford um, in the UK. And the main the main character is, uh, how can I put this without? Yeah, he's very, in the first book, he's very introverted, very shy, very... Um, scared of conflict and over the course of the series we see him grow um i will say because obviously i know your target market is authors who write in this genre that i made some mistakes in writing that first series he is too soft in the first books and i have reviews that say he's too soft um people don't <laughs> really want like crying protagonists in urban fantasy they're after that kind of tough as nails you know, Buffy is a great example. Um, yes, okay. she cries, but mostly she's tough. And right, yeah, okay. just a few mistakes that I made. So I've written myself into a bit of a corner at the end of book four, left it in a way that I shouldn't. Um, I switched protagonists throughout the series. That's not common in urban fantasy. Usually it's the same protagonist all the way through. Which brings me nicely to my next series, uh, which is a vampire series. Obviously, vampires quite literally never die in publishing or in fiction, so I thought that was a good one to go with. And this is actually um, 
a much better, hopefully, version of that manuscript that I wrote 10 years ago and stuck in a drawer and left. So I'm kind of hopefully reworking that into something good. And this will be part of an interconnected series uh, starring three main protagonists in their own individual series. But for the vampire books specifically, it will follow the story of Dean Crowthorne, who has um, left his vampire colony behind for reasons and he is forced to rejoin his vampire colony when a friend of his is murdered and he has to try and solve the murder. And then the world opens up as we go along. We find out that he is a chosen one, chosen by the the Greek gods or the fates in this case, and then that will lead into a larger universe. But yeah, I'm ex- I am excited to get back to it. It's been a long time since I've written any fiction and yeah, buzzing for this. Right. <laughs> Yes, I know it feels like a long time for you, but you know, 2022 was only last year. So, so I know. Take, I know you've taken a bit of a break, and you work you're working on some nonfiction, but <laughs> but I'm excited for your your next series as well. Um, like you said, I actually the podcast is you know kind of working towards both writers and readers. So okay, um, great. I like you said, I have read your Myth and Magic series, um, the first book of which, The Witch's Revenge. I I really like the entire series, and I know I'm probably not the urban fantasy target market that maybe notices some of those nuances about the genre but um i enjoyed all four books they you know were extremely well written and i can't wait for for you to eventually finish that series but i I look forward to your next series as well um because i know you have uh, i know i've read the prequel short story that is Mm -hmm. already out um is that still available for readers if they if they do want it find that or is that kind of on hold for the moment okay no no it is still available if you go to my website swmiller.com you can get the the prequel to the chosen vampire series perfect yeah and i'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well so that people can can find can find that um so was that basically the big going from myth and magic to into your new series um you said that you made some mistakes as far as the character mm. goes. What other things did you learn, um, you know, to going from your first series, which I know is, a, you know, uh, having gone through the first series myself and, and going into, you know, from there and realizing what things you could have done differently. What were some of the biggest things that you learned in, you know, as you continue now into your next works? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a few of them there, but I think the biggest lesson that I learned yeah. is that I thought I understood the urban fantasy genre, because I've watched a lot, I've read a lot, it's my favourite genre. Um, Consuming like a reader or a TV watcher is not the same thing as consuming as a writer. Like, I did, I understood at a very surface level what the genre was, but I, last year I made a point of reading 30 or so books in my genre and really deconstructing what the similarities were between those books. And I did the same with some TV shows as well. and I didn't really have the language to market my books properly. So I, I knew what a trope was, but I, w- I didn't actually know what the common tropes were. I couldn't put them in my blurb or talk about them on right. social media or do any of that because I didn't really know what they were or what they meant. Um, and hopefully I'm much better at right, that now. Right. So I think, yeah, that was a, a really key learning that I didn't know the genre perhaps as well as I thought I did as a writer. In terms of what I learned right. from writing the books I think I really learned this is going to sound dumb but I think I really learned how to write in that 
again, I thought I knew how to write when I was writing that first book. I thought I knew what good sentence structure was. I thought I knew how to pace really well. Um, I thought, oh, I can do dialogue. It's, you know, I, everyone knows what dialogue sounds like. But it's really only by producing more books that you learn. I know some writers that have been stuck on their first books for a long time. And yes, you learn a lot when you're writing your first book. But you, I don't think it's possible to grow as a writer unless you're producing more and more work. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, I know I've I've felt that way, you know, in the books that I've written. Looking back now, if I hadn't hit publish on you know those initial books, because I I did a similar thing where, you know, my first book, I decided to write a dystopian book, and I really knowing not much about the genre other than having maybe watched the Hunger Games, and it's, you know, yeah. it's. I'm I'm still happy with the book, but it's not you know it doesn't follow the tropes of of you know a typical you know YA dystopian series. It's you know it's kind of it's really it's its own thing. So I, I can I definitely understand if I hadn't put those books out into the wild that um, I wouldn't have you know learned a lot of the things that I did moving forward. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So is there anything else? I know you're still in the process of writing this series. Um, is there anything, you know, about it that you're, that's got you really excited about it without getting, you know, into too much spoiler, spoiler territory. And I realize that since you're in the process, things might, might shift slightly before it gets to the final product. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, the thing I'm most excited about is as part of my research last year, when I was kind of researching the genre, I realized how popular expanded universes are in urban fantasy. And obviously I knew this, but I didn't know it. Um, so right. I'm excited because I'm engineering this series to be an expanded universe so that hopefully I never have to leave it. Like there could be an infinite number of series in this universe and that will make my job so much easier. Um, in terms of the stories themselves, I am really excited for the vampire novel, particularly not only because it was the first thing I ever wrote and I want to see if I can actually make it into something, um, but also because it... I, Myth and Magic deals with some dark themes, but I think this series in particular, the Vampire series, is going to deal with some really dark themes. And as a writer, I love delving into that. I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, I love delving into the darker <laughs> stuff. And there'll be, you know, there are some themes that I can explore in the real world that you can do with fantasy that is harder to do if you're just writing um, contemporary fiction, for example, or at least. The right. theme can be understated, but there, yeah, there'll be a lot of different themes in these books that I'm really keen to explore. And I'm just excited to be excited about my characters again. There was a long period of time where I'd come up with characters and I wasn't, you know, they didn't grab me. But the three characters, particularly the protagonist that I've got for these three series, so you'll have the, the Chosen Vampire series with Dean. Thea Starling will have her series, which will be um, the Magic Rising series. And then Jack Davenport is a demonic character in the Demon Academy series. And I can see these three characters very, very clearly. And that for me is really exciting. That is exciting. I know you've, I know you've told me, you know, elsewhere that, that uh, Thea, is that her name? Yes. That, that she, you know, she really grabbed you and kind of forced you to tell her story. Yeah, well. literally. Um, I was, I'm, I was just uh, sat really here minding my own it. business and then, it pretty much popped into my head fully formed, which never happens for me. 
So that was uh, that was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so when can we expect to, to see the uh, the first of of the series come? Yes. So the uh, Blood Cell, which is the first chosen vampire book, should be ready by the end of the summer. I'm not going to put a definite date on, but I'm end of the summer is kind of when I'm aiming to have that released. Excellent. So readers can look forward to that um, coming out in the near future. By the time this this is released, hopefully you'll have a, a tentative date on it. But hopefully, again, we'll, we'll link everything in the show notes once it once it once it is. Um, fantastic. Um, so I think we're coming to the end of our list of questions. So, um, you know, this is the greatest podcast in the multiverse. Um, so I want to know from you is in, if there's another version of yourself in a parallel dimension, and this can be based on a real event that you've, that has steered you in another direction or something completely fanciful that you've always wondered about, what would you be doing in another universe okay this is really tricky because i've just been watching the umbrella academy so uh and we all know that that's Mm, the messed up timeline what would i be doing in a parallel (laughs) universe i think if i wasn't a writer in this parallel universe i would the thing that i regret that i never did is learn a musical instrument so i would love in a parallel universe to be like a guitar player in a band or something like that. I could, yeah, I can see myself doing, obviously I can't see myself doing that because I don't know how to play the guitar, but that would be something that I would have loved to have done. It's something that I always regret that I never learned to right. play, play an instrument. So yeah, if I wasn't a writer, yeah. I'd be doing that. Um, in terms of something crazy, which you mentioned there, uh, I think, <laughs> I'm also, yeah, I'm fascinated by the sport of parkour. So probably I could see myself doing something like that as well in so a parallel a, universe. Another reality where you're, where you're parkouring. That's fantastic. Hopefully, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, hey, that's the, that's the fun. If there's, you know, if there's infinite universes out there, there's some version of you that perhaps it took that up at some point and, and, there, and there was no looking back. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Well, where can people find you and how can they support you? If you go to my website, that's swmiller.com, you'll find everything there. You can also find me on Instagram at swmillerauthor and TikTok at swmillerauthor as well. And I have a podcast. I should mention that. It's very new, so I'm still getting in the habit of mentioning it. (laughs) I do have a podcast, which is called the Write Better Fiction Podcast. Each week I interview an author or creative from the author community about writing, publishing, or book marketing. And you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash write better fiction. Fantastic. And please do check out Shane's podcast. Um, I listen to it each week and it's a wonderful podcast. I'm part of his Patreon community as well. So be sure to check that out. Um, Shane, we didn't talk about it too much, but um, Shane also does write nonfiction books for writers. So if you're someone who writes or is thinking about writing, um, be sure to check out his nonfiction series. The name is escaping me at the moment, Shane. So please tell us the name (laughs) of your your series. I like to keep things simple. So like my podcast, it's just the right better fiction series. 
excellent. Um, please do check them out. His, um, his nonfiction books are all excellent. And again, if you're an urban fantasy reader, or even if you're urban fantasy curious, do check out um, his, his urban fantasy books. Um, the first one is The Witch's Revenge, and he publishes under the name S.W. Miller. So, and I will link all of those in the show notes as well. <laughs> so thank you, Shane. Um, I've really enjoyed having you on today. Um, thank you for being part of the pilot episode of the greatest podcast in the multiverse. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, learning a little bit more about your works and your processes. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with S.W. Miller. Please tune in next week when I will be talking to Star Z Davies, and we will be discussing the subgenre of science fiction, fantasy, dystopian literature. Take care, have a great week, and we'll see you next time.